Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis. I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and the co-founder of the Journal That Talks Back. You have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite leaders from all over the world to come onto the podcast and get coached live and in person. Today, I'm super excited to have someone from my own hometown. Her name is Caitlin Pacheco, and she is with a company called Rogers Communications. If you're not from Canada, that might sound uninteresting or irrelevant, but it's a huge company and she is uh, involved with talent acquisition. And so we are super excited to have her here. I want to talk about talent acquisition and anything going on for her. Caitlin, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for uh, for a couple of weeks now. So really, really excited to talk to you today. So, so when, and I just want to stay on, uh, on the subject of talent acquisition for a minute, yeah. and then we'll jump into whatever you want to talk about, but what is going on out there in the world of talent acquisition? I mean, we're doing a lot of work uh, with companies, helping them uh, with the recruiting and retention of their younger staff. What are you seeing in the world? Is it a challenge? What is happening? Yeah, definitely a challenge. Um, I don't know what's happening. I wish I had like a, an answer for that, but I'm, I'm sure you've heard of, and maybe some of your listeners have heard of the the great resignation yes. that's been happening recently. I feel like um, just from my seat in Canada, I've seen it a little bit more so happening in the states, um, but I think it's it's making its way up here. I think the great resignation is is happening here too. I'm seeing it firsthand. Um, we've had a lot of people drop off from my team specifically. I know a lot of the the teams that we support are seeing a lot of um, people leaving as well, and it's not the same as what you may have seen in the past, where people will leave because they got another offer. Maybe it's for more money or closer to home or, you know, something to make it make sense for them to leave. People now are are leaving their jobs with nothing else lined up. They're just burnt out. And they're saying, you know what? I've had enough. I've had enough change. I've had to be resilient through change throughout the pandemic. And maybe now there are some changes happening in the company or on their team. And they're like, that's it. I'm just, you know, I need to take care of me. Um, and so people are just leaving and taking some time to themselves, which is great. I I think it's really good that people are starting to realize that you need to take care of yourself and it's not just go, go, go all the time. Um, But it is putting the talent acquisition function in a bit of a bind. You know, we're, we're definitely struggling as, as an industry, not just me at Rogers, but I think recruitment and talent acquisition in general is, is struggling to find and retain top talent right now. Let me ask you a, a question. And again, then we'll jump into you. I promise. Sure. <laughs> uh, what is the, what is the relationship for you between acquisition and retention? Like you, you know, you're out there to bring people on board, but then you hand them off, Right. Do you have any role to play or anything to say, right? Any any impact on retention or is it completely out of your hands? That's such a great question. I'll speak to my experience specifically at Rogers because we have, you know, Rogers is huge. We have like 22,000 employees. So we have teams that are dedicated to that a little bit more heavily, I would say, than the talent acquisition team. So when we're acquiring talent, of course, we're keeping them warm and engaged throughout the entire recruitment process. But when it comes time that they start in their role, it's kind of out of talent acquisition's hands. I would say maybe in a smaller company, the recruiter might still be in touch and maybe have a little bit more to do with that. But 
in my experience, and I've always worked for quite large companies, we have like our onboarding team really walks them through the time between they sign their offer and the time that they actually start in the role. And so they have, they keep them engaged with learning and training and orientations and things like that. Uh, but once they actually start in the role, it really comes down to their direct manager or their trainer, if it's a frontline role, um, to keep them engaged and keep them excited about the work. We have a ton of employee programs internally as well, uh, where you can get paired with mentors or, you know, we have a lot of wellness programs. Like there really are a lot of amazing offerings that I think do a great job of retaining the talent. Uh, they've just had to be put in overdrive recently with everybody kind of going. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so it, it has been a challenge, but yeah, to answer your question, recruitment is kind of out of our hands after they've been, uh, recruited. I mean, retention, retention is retention is, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The retention. And, and let me ask you this. Um, is it given the great resignation, is it hard to find talent? It, I'll say it's not necessarily hard to find it, but we have to know that that one person, that talented person that we've connected with, they're having conversations with maybe five or six other companies at the same time. They have at least three offers on the table when I'm extending. Well, not me. I'm not recruiting anymore. But when my colleagues are extending offers, they know that the person they're offering this role to has at least three other offers on the table at that time. Um, and that's just the nature of it. It's a candidate-driven market right now. What do you think is the critical issue or the critical choice that they have to make that allows them to choose Rogers? Like what's the one criteria that they say, yes, that's going to push me over the edge. That's the way to go. What you matters mean, to them? Yeah, that's, and is that's it, something that salary or is it something else? It's definitely a, a combination of things. Salary is huge. Salary, you know, people, people want to know that they are making their worth in terms of money. They, people know what their what value they bring and they want to be compensated accordingly. And it's only fair. Um, but there are a lot of other offerings, I think, that go into a, an offer for a position in terms of total compensation. So maybe not just the base salary, but also considering what the bonus structure is, if it's a commission-based role, um, just total compensation in general. And also in thinking about um, benefits. What is the benefits plan like? So me as, as a candidate, if I were a candidate in the market right now interviewing for roles, those would be the questions I'd ask at that point in the process. When we get down to the offer, I want to understand what does what does it look like for me? What's in it for me as an employee from a total compensation perspective, as well as employee programs. That is something that's become really important to me over time is seeing, you know, what what's available to me as an employee of this company that I might not otherwise have. For example, at Rogers, uh, there's a huge focus on wellness and well-being. And that's something I love so much about working at Rogers, how, um, how emphasized that is. And it's encouraged that everybody really take the time to make sure you're well. Um, yeah. We have exclusive premium access to uh, Headspace, which is an amazing app. has It has meditations, guided yeah. meditations, and um, it's uh, it's something I use now that I don't think I would have probably thought to sign up for had well, I not we, already had it. We definitely want to introduce Rogers to the journal that talks back, but we will talk about that later. Sounds Let's good. <laughs> switch gears for a brief moment. What is your greatest challenge? Let's offer you some support right now. Thank you. I uh, It's actually perfectly in line with what we were just talking about. We have had a lot of people from my team resigning. 
Um, and some people are leaving for other opportunities. Some people are leaving just to take a break. We have a couple people on, um, on leave, just, you know, a, a mental break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my focus right now is how do I support my, the, the team that's still here? How do I support them through all this change? Um, I'm not a people leader right now. I'm a program and project manager. Um, I lead people through projects that we're working on. So we'll have project groups where we work together to, you know, I manage the, the program or the project, and then the people on the, the team will execute towards our goals and deliverables. Um, but in terms of direct report relationships, I don't have any. Um, but it's in my nature, I think, to be nurturing and to want to, to have a team um, that I can support. And and so that's part of my development plan. That's something I'm looking to do, I think. And part of my development plan is, is deciding, is that really what I want? Do I want direct reports? Do I, do I want to take on a team? Um, and I don't know. So that's kind of something I'm discovering on my own. But in, in my time right now, I'm very concerned with supporting the team. I'm a very supportive person outside of work. I also so, work as so a let's doula. Back up. Let's, yeah. let's back up. And, and, and I'm sorry, I just cut you off, but I want to back up for a minute. So it's, I want to just clarify, is your challenge the fact that people are leaving and suddenly you're left behind? Or is the challenge that people are leaving and whoever is left behind is struggling and you want to support them? That it's more the second thing that you just mentioned. I want to be here to support the team in yeah. the way that they need support because I might think like, oh, why don't I just throw a whole bunch of offerings at them and let them know why don't you use Headspace and blah, blah, blah. But if that's not how they want to be supported, then nobody's winning. So I want to be able to get down to the point where I can understand where they're coming from and where their struggles are. And people yeah. are not always open to, to being totally transparent about how they're feeling in times of change like this. And I think that's what I'm seeing a little bit of right now. Um, But, but going back to what I was saying is that I'm, I, I like to support people just kind of in my nature. I'm a doula outside of my work with Rogers and that literally translates to support. So um, my, my challenge, I guess right now is how do I meet the team where they're at if they're not feeling totally comfortable to say exactly how they're feeling. I feel there is kind of a political game that people play just by the nature of things. So how do I get down to um, understanding where they're at and providing them the support that they need? I'm realizing that not only are things changing, we've had executive level changes, we've had leadership changes on our team, and now some people have left. Um, It's a lot. There's a lot that people are managing and having to say goodbye to their friends too, right? Yeah. People you work with so, every day. So it sounds like what you're saying is you're seeing a lot of struggle in front of you and you're not really sure what the best way is to approach that struggle. I don't know if struggle is the the right term because I don't think it's as obvious as that. It doesn't feel like, I don't see a, a clear struggle. It's not, it's not overt. Yeah, it's not overt. It's more my intuition is saying, I feel like people might need some support Um, because, you know, I feel like sometimes I need some support where it's like we've had to be resilient to change for so long. Like I was saying earlier with the pandemic and then with the executive leader changes, our own leaders changing. And so how do I help build that change resilience in my team? And how do I you know, try and limit the, the amount of burnout, the resilience burnout, because they've had to be resilient for so long. Yeah. So, so it's interesting because 
you're really talking about two things. And, and the first thing is you, you mentioned it just a second ago, which is you said, I need support too sometimes. And so the first thing is making sure you're in a stable, steady place, right? So, right, you need to take care of yourself first. And the question is, how do you do that? But the fact that you're a doula also tells me that you want more than just, you want to offer more support than just being a good friend or being, a, a, you know, a good ear. You want to acquire some really strong skills to bring back to the table. That's what it sounds like to me. Am I Definitely. getting it you, right? Yeah, okay. you're hitting the nail on the head. I want to be able to bring tools to the team to say, I'm here to listen and I'm here to help you. And anytime you want to talk, I'm here. But yeah. If you don't feel comfortable coming to somebody, here's what you can do on your own. Like here's how you can well, help yourself well, too. Let's 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 move back, right? Because <laughs> you're you're talking about resources. If you want to talk, I'm here. If you don't want to talk, here are some resources. And all of that is great, wonderful. But I want to narrow in on one thing, which is your skill set. Okay. And so have you ever gone to someone and say, Hey, I'm here if you want to talk, and then they never ask you? Yeah, sure, that happens. Right. So, and I know for me, when someone says to me, Hey, I'm here. If you want to talk, I'm like, thank you. But I don't, I don't tap into that opportunity, but if someone's in front of me and they just show some interest and they ask some questions and they're compassionate, suddenly I spill, you know, you know what I mean? Definitely. So it's not just about offering your availability. It's about really uh, acquiring the skills that you need in the moment. And I will call those coaching skills. Okay, so what you're seeing right now is me asking you a whole bunch of questions and coming to a point. And the point was the point where I said, is this what you're looking for? And you said you hit the nail on the head. Okay, that was me coaching, by the way, because the minute that I hit the nail on the head, you're ready to hear me. Yeah. Okay, so do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, And by me hitting the nail on the head, there's a term for what that is. It's called encapsulating. Okay, so when I'm, I'm encapsulating what I'm hearing from you and why that matters to you on an emotional level, when I, when I get that, when I capture that, when I'm able to say, is this what it is? And you say, yes, now we can move you to a new place. But for you, the new place is I need to learn how to coach. Because even if earlier you said, I'm not a people leader, of course you are. Right. Just because you're in this environment and you're surrounded by people, you're always in a position to lead people. Even if you're managing projects, I want to make a distinction between managing and leading. You're managing projects. You're, you know, you're making them happen. You're moving them forward. You're managing projects, but you're still leading people. And you lead people first through your own example, but then secondly, by the skill set you bring to the table. And it sounds to me like you already have a pretty good skill set, but you're not even aware of it. And it also sounds to me like what you need is a little bit of training in the area of coaching. And so there are lots of programs, lots of services out there. We provide training in the area of coaching. So that's something we could talk about. But the idea here is that you have a deep desire to be supportive to people. And simply by making yourself available, it doesn't do what you're trying to do, which is truly connect with other people. Yeah. And not just make yourself available, but provide the environment where they feel comfortable in opening up and sharing 
and leaning in on you for that support. Right? So it's a skill set that you can acquire because you have the nature easily to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. When I say you can learn how to coach, does that turn you on or does that, do you say, oh no, not, not another thing? <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> I, it does like get me excited because I think that is a skill set that I want to add to my tool belt, so to speak. Um, yeah. But there is a lot going on. Like there's a lot going on yeah. personally at work. So another thing to like put into my yeah. calendar, you know, devote this time. It's a lot. So I would not actually put that into your calendar yet. And so, again, just to take a step back, whenever someone comes to me and says, I'm interested in learning how to coach, because a lot of people tap on me for that. They want to know, you know, what's the best way to go about that? I say the best way to learn how to coach is taking the first step. And taking the first step means getting coached and having exposure to an amazing coach and having that journey. And kind of cleaning yourself up a bit before you go, in, go into coaching others. When you say there's a lot going on for me personally and professionally, again, it sounds like a little turbulence, maybe a lot of turbulence, I'm not sure, but we want to settle that turbulence for a moment, right? And then learn the coaching skills. Because what's an incredible from my perspective is going through coaching, having this really transformative experience, and then learning what just happened because you have a reference point. A lot of coaches don't have that. They just go and learn how to coach without a solid reference point, without saying, this is what happened to me. And when I look back and deconstruct it, I understand exactly what happened, how it happened, why it happened, the philosophy behind it, the process, the mechanisms, and all of that. It makes your learning so much more effective and so much more powerful. So if I were to give you one piece of advice, not coaching, just advice, it would be Find yourself an amazing coach and start there because that will absolutely undeniably change your life. It's great advice. I know it's a little biased, but (laughs) I don't usually get a chance to have a conversation like this with someone on the podcast. But truly, if you are interested in coaching, start with finding yourself the most amazing coach you can find. And I will tell you something. And a lot of people have some... Uh, discomfort with the idea of coaching because it's pricey. They're not exactly sure what they're going to get. Do your homework, study the different coaches that are available to you, learn what they're like, see if you connect with them, look at their track record, look at their testimonials, look at their process, see if it resonates for you, but do your homework, right? Like interview a whole bunch of coaches. I remember uh, we had one gentleman who interviewed like 17 coaches before he started coaching with us. And now he is a coach for us, but, you know, do your homework. But I hope that gave you some idea of a starting point for you. Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of at least cleared a path that I can start to walk down. Yeah. On another front, I think that there's an interesting opportunity for you. And um, I would encourage you just to investigate a little exploration. I think that what you said before, which is we recruit and we hand it over, right? I think there's a huge opportunity to bridge the gap between recruitment and retention. Right now, it seems that they are two completely separate separate entities in most organizations. And, um, And I think what happens is 
when you recruit and you understand the person you're recruiting and understand their motivations and understand their drivers, which is why they're going with you in the first place, somehow that gets lost in translation when they get handed over. And I think that you're in a unique position to travel a road with your recruit and be part of their journey. And I don't think that happens, but I think there's an opportunity to change the game of recruiting and retention. And I think that you are a perfect person to look into that, into that option and perhaps suggest a different path, maybe test it out with a few people that you're recruiting and say, hey, I want to I try this out or I want to work with one of our recruiters and do it this way and see what happens. I just think there's a huge opportunity right there for you. Yeah, I totally agree. It's something I've thought about too, because especially with frontline recruitment, recruiting for our retail stores, our call centers, um, that's that's a huge part of the metrics that we're always looking to improve is the uh, attrition. You know, if people are leaving, why are they leaving, and how do we stop that from happening in the first place? And so, there's been a lot of conversations from a program standpoint to think about what programs can we put into place that will bridge that gap, like you're saying. So, we're still kind of strategizing. We haven't really come up with. Uh, I mean, we've come up with millions of ideas, but actually putting anything into practice is something that we're still considering. But I agree with you that uh, there's a huge opportunity there. Um, And if you think about recruiters, they have a certain uh, personality where they understand people at a different level, right? They have a a personal touch that you don't find in other careers. And so we're not leveraging that personal touch throughout the organization. We're leveraging it at the front end and then we're stopping there. And it's just, it's just a thought for, for you to think about. And I'm happy to talk about that with you more outside of this podcast. Sure. I'm hoping that you got something from this conversation. For those of you who are listening, again, if you're thinking about your own coaching career or your own interest in being a more effective people leader, uh, honestly, start with coaching and start with getting your own coach and having your own transformative coaching experience. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. For those of you who are listening, we love your comments. We love your feedback. Please keep tuning in. Please send us some messages. If you have a challenge that you want to discuss on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Caitlin. We will catch you next week. Have a good one. 